Beautiful Texas and beyond. Grable Smith, welcome each and every one of you to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. That is the late, great Brandon Jenkins. Passed away last week at the age of 48. Sad, sad deal there. Um, I think it was actually heart trouble. But those uh, are musician friends sometimes. Life on the road can be a very hard one. And uh, that was the case for him. But his music will live on, especially on our show. And speaking of our show, uh, we've got a great edition of the Lone Star Outdoor Show lined up for you today. So you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up Stanley Thermos, the one that your grandfather passed down to you. Yeah, the one that's still got mud caked on it from three duck seasons ago. Uh, Maybe you spike it with some of uh, (laughs) Grandpappy's cough syrup. Maybe you don't. Whatever the case, pour yourself another cup because... We're all set to get things going. Um, off the top today, I will give you my three keys to living a more satisfying and fulfilling life. And it's three things that are quite simple. Uh, there's no rocket science behind them. But I think in today's society, it's almost frowned upon to say, yeah, I'm a man and I do manly things, you know. Uh, so these are three things that every man should be doing. And at the end of the day, if you can do one of them, uh, that's a pretty good day. If you can do two, man, you crushed it. And if you can do all three, goodness gracious, you had a hell of a day. Uh, And I'll tell you what those three things are coming up here momentarily. After that, we will be joined by our friend Ryan Callahan of First Light Hunting. A uh, passionate public land activist, as he was just elected to the board of uh, backcountry hunters and anglers. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about public lands, but uh, more so we're going to dive into layering systems, how they are designed to keep the moisture that your body produces away from your skin. And uh, these systems actually wick moisture up from the first layer through the second and even into and out of the third. So Uh, First Light, they are the authority on Merino Wool. Uh, We'll also talk about the company's history because that's what they originally started out as with no intentions of creating uh, outdoor apparel. They they just wanted to be the base layer guys. Um, Ryan will talk about how that evolved to where First Light is today. And and then we'll also touch on this, uh, this interesting phenomenon that has been created by social media where the people who have the least amount of skin in the game, meaning those who don't hunt fish or ever use public lands for that matter. Why does it seem like they have such a loud voice? Um, Because they shouldn't. They're a small faction of the population. So I'm sure we'll hit on that uh, unfortunate uh, conundrum as well. So uh, lots of stuff to get into with Ryan. He'll be here for multiple segments. Uh, So who knows what we will discuss, but those are a few bullet points I have outlined here. Uh, that's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. Guarantee you that. Uh, let's do a quick, uh, well, first let's announce last week's winner, Seth Taylor from Jacksboro. Uh, he won the Stealth Cam 
DS4K trail camera. We've got another giveaway for you today. I'm still sitting on all of this Lone Star gear swag. I can't give it away fast enough. And I've got a ton of it, and it's awesome. So we're going to give away another Lone Star beer camo cooler, camo cap, and uh, we'll throw in a Lone Star Outdoor Show sticker. Everyone is eligible to win, whether you're tuned in live on the radio or checking out the podcast. Just email Lone Star, that's Lone Star, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Everyone who emails is eligible to win the drawing, which we will announce again uh, next week. So there you go. Another great giveaway from Lone Star Beer. One other thing I do want to mention is we've got Guns and Guitars 4. That is right. The fourth annual Guns and Guitars trip down to Coons Canyon Ranch. It's coming up July 12th through the 15th. It is an all-inclusive weekend. We've got uh, Max Stalling and Mark David Manders coming out to provide uh, the nightly entertainment with some very intimate guitar-picking sessions. They'll sing uh, all of their hits. And so that's uh, Friday and Saturday night. The deal is fully catered. I mean, lodging, food, drinks, including alcohol, everything. It's all-inclusive. Plus, you get to hunt a trophy axis deer or black buck. Take your pick. There are some giant axis deer out there right now. And the uh, total price for the weekend is thirty-two fifty. So that is less than if you were to, you know, go try to book a three or four-day axis hunt at a, you know, five-star ranch in Texas. So a hell of a deal, and a great weekend. I'll be out there uh, as well as our good friend Glenn Underwood, the owner of Coons Canyon Ranch, and uh, Max Stalling and Mark David Manders. So come on out. Shoot me an email if you are interested, and we will get you. Locked in. I think there are two spots left for the weekend, and we only take seven hunters. So let me hear from you if you want to hunt exotics and enjoy a great weekend of real country music. Up next, I'll give you three keys, all you guys out there, to living a more satisfying and fulfilling lifestyle in a modern society that is trying to hold you back. We discuss next right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Hey y'all, Cable here for 3 Curl Outfitters, and whether you want to bow hunt hogs or get after them with thermal imaging and night vision, under the cover of darkness, 3 Curl has you covered. They've got the latest and greatest thermal imaging and night vision technology. They hunt unlimited, I mean just thousands upon thousands of acres of ag fields, or if you're a bow hunter and you want to sit in a stand and wait for the hog to come to you, uh, they can do that as well. Check it out, 3curl.com to book your next hog hunt. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. 
Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H's in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. I'm drinking champagne and feeling no pain till early morning. Dining and dancing with every pretty girl I can find. Drinking champagne, a little Cal Smith bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm Cable Smith, by the way. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you uh, more than you know. I truly do. Uh, We've got... An interesting, well, I think it's interesting, and it's something that I've put a lot of thought into for all the guys out there. Um, I'm going to tell you what I think are the keys to living, I don't think I could say a longer and healthier life, but I could say a healthy and more fulfilling life. There's no doubt about that. And so we're going to get into these pillars um, that I think is essential for every grown man to take part in. And uh, we'll do that in just a second. But first, this segment of the presentation is brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land is the one thing they're not making any more of, folks. And Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping people finance their dream property for over 100 years, whether that's for recreation, hunting, ranching, farming, you name it. If you're looking for property, you need to give Lone Star Ag Credit a call, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Okay. So, like I said, I've been putting a lot of thought into what I've come up with as three pillars for my life. And when I look back at the end of the day, if I've done one of these three things, um, it was a pretty damn good day. If I've done two of them, man, I really kicked that day's ass. And if I've done all three, whoa. (laughs) I mean, the amount of pleasure that one can take um, by accomplishing all three of those things is it's pretty much mind blowing. It it just can't get any better. I promise you that. So this isn't the 1970s. It's not all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, but it is still about sex. That is number one on the list. And these are not ranked in order. Uh, they're just the three things that I think are key components to a fulfilling life. But have as much sex as you can. Um, I mean, if your wife isn't annoyed by the amount of sex you want to have, then you're probably not doing it right. I know Aaron gets annoyed with me on a regular basis, and uh, and and you know she probably should because I'm I'm always after it, um, and I don't apologize for being a man and wanting to show my affection in that way. Now, yes, I sometimes uh, probably annoy her a, a little too much, and I think many guys out there do the same. And and studies show that couples fight about more often than anything else money and sex. Um, so, you know. Pick your battles, um, but try 
to have as much sex as you can, fellas. And you're probably already doing that anyway. I'm just telling you that it's good for the soul. It's good for the body. And there are literally hundreds of studies out there that uh, have proven that people that have sex more often live a more fulfilling life. So that's number one. And and I feel like I do need to, to back up here just for a second because, you know, a lot of this stems from a book I read. Goodness, it's got to be 15 years ago. I think I was in my early 20s. It's called Wild at Heart. Many of you have probably read it. And I think that that book stands up today more so than ever in a society where the liberal left is not going to stop until we're all neutered, fellas, and everyone is identified as just one gender. But that's not how God intended it to be, whether you're a Christian or not. Uh, that isn't what science intended for us to be. Whether you believe in creation or evolution or some uh, combination of the two, humans are designed, as any animal is, to have sex and reproduce. Um, we just happen to be able to take a lot more pleasure in it than other animals. So today's pressure to neuter all of us, and, you know, we've got this feminist movement. Uh, that's great. You know, I'm all for women having equal rights. But, again, that's pushed by the left in this crazy world we live in where you can't offend anyone. Uh, but I'm offended by them for telling me what I can and can't do. So let's move on to number two. How to live a more happy, healthy, and generally fulfilling lifestyle, according to me, uh, is hunt or fish every day. And like I said, you don't have to do all three of these every day. You just need to do one of them. So hunt or fish. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. I feel more at home in the great outdoors than I do anywhere else on the face of God's green earth. And the outdoors, that is my sanctuary. That's my great escape and the place where my soul feels fulfilled. Um, and if my battery's running low, that's where it recharges. So, and it doesn't have to be like going to the deer lease or, or taking a five mile hike in the backcountry. You can stop at the neighborhood golf course on the way home and wet a line for 10 minutes and that counts. And you will feel better at the end of the day that you did that. Um, okay. So hunt or fish, um, there's nothing more rewarding than bringing home food for the family that makes you feel like a man to use those two hands that God gave you to provide food for your family. Uh, man, talk about fulfillment. I know that when my family is sitting around the table, whether it's a venison roast or some sand bass tacos, it doesn't matter. Um, I am so satisfied when I see my family enjoying the work that went into procuring that harvest and then preparing it for the table. Uh, okay, number three, and this all goes back to how do we live a more fulfilling, satisfying life as men in a society that truly is trying to oppress you. There is no doubt about that. Um, they, people don't want men to be men anymore, and it doesn't make any sense. And so fathers, dads out there, please raise your son the right way, hopefully the way that you were raised. If you're listening to this show you probably were raised with uh, some kind of focus on masculinity, and I think that that's very important. My boy will be raised uh, that way, there's no doubt. we got to get these kids off their damn iPods and into the outdoors. Um, so have sex, 
hunter fish, the last thing to living a more fulfilling and healthy lifestyle is exercise. Uh, I like to lift weights. I, I love it. A couple times a week, I even put on the backpack and, you know, walk five or six miles on the treadmill. I don't like that as much, but I do like to lift weight. And, uh, and I'll tell you that, man, it is so fulfilling after a good workout or you work up a good lather on a five-mile run, whatever the case, you feel good. Your body feels better. You look good. You feel more confident. And I'll be honest with you. If I don't make it to the gym or, or get out and do some cardio, at the end of that day, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't feel as good about myself. I'm not saying I'm like depressed. I'm just telling you, like, I wish I would have made it to the gym for whatever reason. You know, we, life gets in the way. We have a million excuses. But on those days, at the end of the day, uh, I'm, I'm just like, ugh, you know, I needed, I needed to exercise today. Uh, so I'm just speaking from personal experience. I, I get that feeling on those days where, where I don't push my body. So those are the three things. And yes, it is very difficult to do all three things in one day. That's what I'm saying. If you can do one of the three, have sex, hunt or fish, or exercise, you had a pretty good day. If you can do two, look out. But if you can do all three, damn, you killed it. And I'll be honest with you, to do all three, <laughs> I don't I don't get there uh, very often. But uh, and that's it's not about trying to do all three. It's about just doing one. And you can combine them. I mean, you could... You could actually do two out of three in one activity. If you're uh, hunting in the backcountry, well, then you're exercising and you're hunting. And and if there's anyone that doesn't really hunt or fish that much that still enjoys listening to this show, there's other things you can do. Um, substitute, you know, working with your hands. If you like to build stuff, uh, that can take the place of, of hunting or fishing. Uh, but with our audience and, and what makes me tick, um, it's hunting or fishing. So those are the three pillars. Have sex. Basically, get outdoors, hunt or fish, and exercise. I promise you, you will be a happier individual, and you will still maintain that wild at heart spirit that is how God created us. Uh, or if, and like I said, if you're if you believe in evolution, that's cool too. But still, we are men in a society that is trying to hold us back. I'm done apologizing or worrying about hurting other people's feelings or what other people think. We are men. It's time to man up and act like it. All right. Uh, up next, we will get into a myriad of topics with our friend Ryan Callahan of First Light Hunting. Everything from uh, merino wool, how it really works to keep you dry. Also, the history of First Light, um, some public land issues, and even fishing Panama. We discuss it all next, right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Pop a top again. I think I'll have another round. Set them up, my friend. The Texas Trophy Hunters Association is proud to bring you the 2018 Hunting and Fishing Extravaganza. Check out the latest in hunting and fishing gear and technology. Bring the kids to see Gator Country's live gators. Meet Kendall Jones, attend seminars, and more. Bring your biggest buck to our annual deer competition. The granddaddy of all hunting and fishing shows returns to Corpus Christi at the American Bank Center, March 23rd through 25th. For details or online tickets, visit huntersextravaganza.com. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution, the System Hog Trap 
comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. This is Steven Ranella, host of the travel channel The Wild Within, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, I wonder if you even hear me. Hey, you, are you listening to me? I gotta tell you what you mean to me. You're the one I wanna tell my secrets to. Well, that takes us back a few years. Uh, Steven Ranella's The Wild Within. That, that was back in. 2011, I think when that show hit Travel Channel, which was the first time I ever heard of Stephen Ranella, uh, long before Meat Eater. Uh, so lots of great interviews with Stephen over the years on the website if you're interested. I'm Cable Smith, by the way, and this is the Lone Star Outdoors show powered by Dallas Safari Club, of course. Also, thank you to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players, longtime presenting sponsors of the show. We are all set to jump into it here with Ryan Callahan of First Light Hunting. Uh, But before we do that, this segment of the presentation brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation, to get plugged in with this great group of folks who are passionate about hunters' rights, education, and conservation. Check us out at biggame.org. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into it here with Ryan Callahan, and I first became aware of Ryan. I think he was actually guiding Stephen Ranella on uh, on some kind of hunt, a Western big game hunt, uh, in the early days of Meat Eater, so that was probably five years or so ago. And so joining us now, it's my pleasure to welcome our buddy Ryan Callahan to the show. Hey, man, thanks for asking me. Absolutely. Uh, so have you had a chance to catch your breath after show season? Oh, it's such a painful time of year. Like, work never... <laughs> stops when you're out on the long and lonesome road um so the digging out process is uh is a long and arduous one there's no doubt no doubt i mean how many shows did you personally attend uh i went to dallas safari club then to the archery trade association show mm-hmm. uh then the sheep show then shot show then I actually went to a couple days of the outdoor retailer show in Denver. I skipped going to uh, FCI this year and went 
to the NWTF show for a, a day and a half or so. Right on. How's your liver after that? Oh, you know, it's holding up. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of show season. Gusto right now, I'll tell you that. Ugh. Well, so so you've got a little escape plan to uh, Panama. You're telling me off the air, I guess, is kind of oh putting a putting show season behind you and a little uh, pat yourself on the back uh, fishing trip, huh? Yeah, definitely. It's get uh, get removed and get outside of uh, cell coverage and and uh, just get a focus on fishing for a week and and uh, hang out with some buddies of mine and and uh, you know the only kind of work thing I'm weaseling in there is I have uh, the new Arrowwall program that we're or that we just launched um, is uh, just premier for um, you know UV protection and killer hot weather shirt mm-hmm. you know down um, there on the equator it's been in the 90s every single day that I've been looking that new our super thin hoodie, this 150 weight arrow wool. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting out there exposed to the sun and, and, uh, you know, just doing some more product testing. I know it never ends, but, uh, you're going to be after rooster fish. I mean, there's tarpon, uh, Cabrera snapper, you said tuna and then, uh, both black and blue Marlin and you were taking the fly rod, huh? Yeah. And, you know, I had, I'm not uh, looking to go make this thing painful or catch fish that really shouldn't be caught with a fly rod because um, it just turns into work and, uh, you know, it's not a fast fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd, I'd really like to get uh, a shot at a rooster fish um, and the Kubera snapper super cool because they're just really tough and, um, and they'll both hit poppers and stuff on the surface which is always super fun um so but i'll be uh checking the gear out as well i'm sure right right oh well you know for those of us who are you know landlocked inland a ways it's only five hours for me to get to the coast but it's something that i only get to do a couple times a year so you just tell me what the fish are biting and if it's artificial i'll throw it if it's a fly, I'll throw it. Or if it's bait, I'll throw it. I don't care. You know, I just want to catch fish. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I used to be uh, a little bit more of a fly fishing snob type of dude. Uh, right. I went still a long way from what I would call a purist. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I just don't, uh, don't get a go not living in the back of my truck anymore right mm-hmm. just fly fishing and hunting my way around the uh the u.s so um I, I definitely have a much more laid back approach these days sure way more about uh, overall enjoyment versus you know sitting there until my eyeballs are bleeding uh, <laughs> trying to get something that's not going to eat a fly to eat a fly yeah yeah well and you know it's relative. If you if you head to a, a trout stream, then yeah, I'd probably only take a fly rod, you know. Uh, but it's all it all is contingent on on where you're going and, and what you're after. Uh, you talked about living out of the back of your truck for our listeners, since this is our first uh, on air visit. For our listeners that aren't real familiar with you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as where you're from originally, 
And uh, and then how long you've been in the um, guiding, outfitting, living in the back of your truck game? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're uh, a lot of generation deep in, in Montana. And um, I always used to joke that you either uh, became a real estate agent or a fly fishing guide growing up in Missoula, Montana. And um, so I started guiding um, after, I think my first guide's license was 01, I want to say, or mm-hmm. shortly thereafter, maybe. And um, yeah, I started guiding uh, fly fishing, uh, whitewater, hunting all around the same time. And, you know, you just kind of grow up doing that stuff. And then uh, seasonally filling in all the gaps, I'd do all, I mean, all sorts of stuff, swinging a hammer, pouring drinks, uh, whatever needed to be done. And then eventually I got into um, outdoor uh, television production. And it was at a time much different from now and uh the sportsman's channel was just coming around and um i did field production work for a couple of different outfits and worked freelance and then that became a really good way to get more guiding jobs Mm -hmm. um to kind of fill in my season so I, i really had looking back on it um i got some crazy opportunities just being in the right place at the right time and been following up with those folks and i got a you know guide all over the place new mexico little arizona colorado um montana idaho wyoming um little alaska uh, all super fun so got got some diverse uh uh diversity on the learning curve i suppose sure oh yeah that's uh yeah and uh yeah it um had been in touch with uh, Scott and Kenton before first light had really become a thing. And, and I was guiding full time and those guys were uh, working full time, uh, not, not in the hunting field in snow sports. And they, you know, had this wool idea that they thought was going to be perfect for hunting. And, and they just didn't know, if it was really going to stand up to full-time use or if the people that were doing things full, you know, doing the hunting thing full-time would find it as valuable as they did. And, and so that's kind of how I initially came on board was just really doing some consulting work. And then I started working trade shows in the off season. And, and then, you know, when you're guiding, you always have uh, clients that are like, boy, you'd be perfect at this job. I'm going to hire you to do this. And you kind of just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, when those guys called uh, to come on full time uh, and really just work with them because they're a ton of fun, you know, definitely had really weigh the pros and cons and, and kind of getting back in and and learning something new and, and uh, just trying something different was ultimately the other part of it that made it so appealing you know and, and first lights just was then and is now a super super fun company and um have folks kind of all over the different parts of the learning curve 
um, for different a- aspects of hunting. So it makes it really fun. You know, it's not uh, just a bunch of old guys who think they've done everything and been everywhere and uh, are bad asses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got a lot of folks that um, are super skilled in one area and just starting out in another. And, you know, the learning part is, is really the most fun part for me. So it's, it's, it's a fun office space. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so when did first light first come about from a company history standpoint? So we're about 11 years old now. Uh-huh. So it was really, uh, about that 2006, 2007 timeframe. Yeah. Well, and I'd say, you know, that's relative to some of the other big names, you know, Sitka, Kuyu. Um, what though, when I think of, you know, backcountry performance gear, it's first light and it's, you know, maybe those two, uh, what separates first light though? Oh, uh, no, and I know you're not going to badmouth the other companies. I'm not asking you to, but what, you know, what you said it was such a fun company to work for. What in your mind, though, separates First Light from the other big boys? You know, part of it's our size and how we grew. We've always been a very slow growth company and don't put a ton of cash into advertising. And, you know, because the product always comes first. Mm -hmm. And a huge part of that is, everybody in the office is an end user, right? Like everything that we do and uh, where we live is uh, very conducive to this. And why we live here is it's really good, easy access to getting out on skis, the mountain bikes, hunting, fishing. And um, if you don't like to do those things, you, you're not going to live here. Right. So, um, it's an incredibly active office space and we get to use the product in every outdoor pursuit that we do. And I, I think, and, and again, part of this is size, right? We're, we're relatively small. Um, so right now it really doesn't matter who picks up the phone. They're going to have an incredible wealth of knowledge on every product that we make uh, because we're also using it right and uh, so i think that's one huge advantage um you know and then if you want to get techie the, we started as just a pure merino wool company mm-hmm. and that uh, 2000 winter of 11 12 is when uh we really jumped off the cliff and decided to develop outerwear. And the reason that came about, I mean, the whole idea was to just be like the wool company of the hunting world. And we're just going to make base layers and socks and, and let everybody else duke it out for everything else. And we're we're just going to be the best at the base layer game. Mm -hmm. Um, But this company, this 37.5, it was called Kakona then they approached us and they said, Hey, we love what you guys are doing. You guys are the best at Merino wool. And, um, they were paying attention to us. We were the first people to put intricate patterns on Merino, um, and have them last. And, you know, that was kind of a big fabric technology win. Um, and we actually had some really big names in the wool company that would contact us every year. Um, and have these pretty funny conversations about them wanting to, you know, take some shortcuts and figure out how 
we were able to print on merino so well mm-hmm. and um and it, it was interesting because these bigger outdoor companies didn't see hunting as a competitive marketplace at all and i think still to this day there's very few companies out there that do see us as competitors because there's just not that many uh clothing manufacturers really raising the bar um fabric technology wise and design wise and and things that are pretty darn fun and certainly make a difference on the mountain um and uh, so anyway this company kakona at the time approached us they had this fabric technology and it was really based off of how merino wool works and so their synthetic materials um were like a natural um enhancement of merino Mm -hmm. and so i always have felt very comfortable saying like really if you're looking for a system we're the only true system out there because everything that we develop is really goes hand in hand and and works off of our base layers so your you know your big puffy insulated jacket you know was designed from the ground up to work with your merino wool base layer or your arrow wool base layer um and kind of everything from the shell to the base and in between you know right um you know it's been a really fun uh system to mess around with and and you know push forward and change and and lots of field testing and uh you know so that's that's definitely a difference real quick tell me about the logo because uh, i know a lot of people want to know some people probably have have heard it talked about on other shows uh in the past but um for anyone that's not aware what is the first light logo i've had a lot of buddies be like oh yeah it's an xd you know i kind of think it's great as long as they're talking about the logo they you know it it's working right but uh it's actually a mountain with the sun coming up over it uh-huh as in like the first light of the day right 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 awesome well, hey, um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and come back, uh, talk a little bit about the layering system, um, you know, some of the patterns that you guys have developed, also your involvement with uh, BHA, and then something I'm really excited about, the Whitetail lineup, which will be coming out for this fall. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great, man. All right, and that segment was brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. If you didn't know, All Seasons Feeders also has a great lineup of backyard barbecue pits and grills. It's getting to be that time of the year. So if you're looking for a smoker, barbecue pit, or even a fire pit uh, for the deer lease, you know where to go, allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back with more from First Light's Ryan Callahan. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Once I was a carpenter, and man, my hands were calloused. I could swing a metal mallet sure and straight. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. 
Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Yeah, cause I lost my job bills getting bigger, got to crying, baby, about to lose my mind. Hundred dollar habit, ain't got a penny. Woman ran off with a friend of mine. I can't keep a job, I'm DHS about to take my kids. Finger on the trigger, the late great Brandon Jenkins bringing us back. Gone way too soon. Hated to hear that he passed away at the age of 48 last week. One of my favorite singer-songwriters. And uh, his music, no doubt, will live on right here on the Lone Star Outdoors show. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here as we are rocking and rolling, visiting with First Light's Ryan Callahan. But before we pick it up with Ryan, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. You know, I'm a big fan of that term. The spawn is on. And baby, it is about to be here. And that's why you need to get the damn fish feeder from All Seasons Feeders. And especially if you've got a farm tank or pond stocked with bass, crappie, catfish, you name it. And it's so easy. All you do is you put the damn, damn fish feeder right there on your damn, damn and you feed your damn fish. <laughs> you can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. Uh, okay, well, let's pick it back up with Ryan Callahan. We certainly appreciate you sticking around through the break, man. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about you as, you know, your history, your background in the outdoor space, uh, some about First Light's history, um, the, you know, really the first to print on merino wool. And, and really before diving headfirst into uh, outdoor um, outerwear, you know, hunting apparel, you guys, like you said, were just going to be the base layer guys or the merino wool guys. So obviously that changed, uh, and we're certainly glad it is. I'm thrilled to be involved with First Light. Um, you know, that uh, goes without saying. And, and I had a chance uh, two weeks ago to put First Light to the test for the first time in British Columbia and really take advantage of that layering system. So some of the things that I enjoyed, I think, you know, here we call it the, the Lano. I don't know if that's the pronunciation up there. Um, or some people might say the Yano, but, uh, I wore the, uh, the Lano Merino wool top. And then I had the, uh, arrow wool. Um, they're not long johns. They're kind of cut off right below the knee. And then, um, some nice, blended wool socks, um, mountain athlete, I think is what they're called. So that's basically what I wore every day. And temperatures were oh between seven, I'd say and 10 degrees most days. And it was snowing nonstop the whole time I was up there. And this is around Smithers, uh, British Columbia. And, and, and that's what I wore. And then, um, on top of that, it was generally the, uh, sanctuary bib pants. And then I had the uh, the sawtooth. Is that a is that a lightweight jacket or midweight? Yeah, the sawtooth is is a funky piece, but I, I would say I loved it. It was awesome. Be <laughs> a yeah, midweight. Midweight, okay. 
Yeah. So, and, and there were sometimes even in that temperature, if I was doing a lot of walking around, say we're out checking traps uh, on this wolf hunt trap line adventure, um, I might shed my, my puffy jacket, which was, uh, the, uh, uncompagre, uncompagre, um, that's the puffy, uh, which yep. that wasn't even the heaviest jacket that I had because to go along with the, uh, sanctuary bibs, I had the sanctuary jacket and I'll be honest with you, unless I was on the snowmobile, I I did not wear that jacket because I simply got too hot. I mean, that's how effective this stuff was. So I imagine if it was negative 20, I would have been fine in, in the sanctuary top and, and bibs. It would have kept me warm because I was high and dry the entire trip. I know that the uh, sanctuary stuff is not marketed as waterproof, but wa- it, it is water resistant. And I got snowed on. And, you know, if you're walking in, like sometimes we're stepping in three feet of snow and so the bottom of your pants are, are, they're getting a lot of moisture on them, but never once did I feel any of that moisture come through. Uh, so I think I put it through the ringer and it all stood up past the flying colors. And, and I mean, the reason why I was comfortable on that trip has everything to do with that gear. Were you a little bit nervous setting uh, out? I, well, I was just because as a Texan, you know, I, I've been cold before. Uh, I've been in plenty of backcountry situations where, you know, it's cold, it's 20 degrees, but um, you got a nice campfire or tent or something. But when you're out there (laughs) checking a trap line on the snowmobile, yeah, I was a little nervous, I'll tell you that. I was. Yes, man. Well, yeah, that sanctuary, yeah. I mean, I don't own one myself, right? I mean, I just am not typically in those situations, but uh yeah snowmobile definitely appropriate um but yeah you're going to be hard pressed to walk um i can't believe you got enough they're very much walking in in the sanctuary bibs because those things are a toaster as well yeah (laughs) but but you know i could strip strip that uh the puffy jacket off and just have that sawtooth and i was you know like i said i was warm and i think that's a testament not only to the sawtooth but also that uh that merino base layer yeah, man. I mean, the thing that we kind of forget is your body is always producing moisture. Um, and so you're always pushing moisture to the outside of your skin. And um, what's nice is the Merino will pick it up. And then like that Uncompagre is something that I live in uh, for most of my hunting season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that uh, transfers moisture as well. Because again, it's all based off the, the same fabric technology the way that Merino moves moisture and breathes and it'll take that moisture off the Merino and run it through, um, and get it to dissipate. And if you're producing enough sweat to get it into the sanctuary jacket, it'll, it'll do the exact same thing. So, um, the breathability, especially with, with heavy layers isn't discussed very much, but, um, you got to have something that, breathes enough to move that moisture because you know even if you're sitting dead still in a tree stand you're producing quite a bit of moisture in a five to eight hour period right Mm -hmm. eventually you'll you'll get cold if that uh, moisture vapor can't escape some of the coldest i've ever been is sitting in a tree stand in in texas or or oklahoma and it's only maybe it's only 20 degrees outside you know but like you said yeah i mean you get bone cold uh in some of those situations Oh man, I I remember very very clearly. Um, I was skiing around here 
in the spring and it was 17 degrees. I went down to, I guess it wasn't the spring, it was February. Went down to Texas, met up with some friends and you guys had a snowstorm kind of ice storm situation, which was like Armageddon down there. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Nobody knows how to drive down here when that happens. We all freak out. Yeah, it, I was doing just fine. Uh, the, the roads were wide open. Um, but uh, it was 34 degrees down there. And I was wearing the exact same setup that I had for up here at 17 degrees. I mean, you guys have just more humidity in the air. And it is, it's a different type of cold. Yeah. But yeah, sitting in tree stands, it is uh, incredibly cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, you know, on this deal, uh, we were able to move around and, and, and when you're checking the trap line, a lot of that's broken up by time in the truck or time on the snow machine, one or the other. Uh, but you know, I was kind of telling you, um, we were visiting last week just off the air and I was, was telling you a little bit about that trip and how, you know, it was two years in the, in the making and, uh, certainly a bucket list trip for me, uh, and, and one that just lived, lived up to everything I thought it would be. And then times 10, I mean, one of the best trips I've ever been on for sure. That's cool. I never, first outfitter I worked for was, I wouldn't say a big trapper, but he's been really specialized in coyotes and just the amount of, um, knowledge that you have to put together over the years and over the seasons to like truly be proficient at trapping some of those animals is always, always just fascinating to me. Well, and between these two brothers I was with and, and I booked the, uh, the, uh, trip at, uh, I think it was the 2016 DSC show. Um, and anyway, between the two of them, they had nearly 35 years of experience and, and they're moose outfitters. I mean, that's what their dad did. That's what they do. They, they mix in some mountain goat and then, about 17 years ago, they started noticing, you know, what's happening to our moose numbers. Why can we not? Uh, why is our success rate going down as, an, as a, a guide service? And they're like, we got too many wolves. And that's why before they ever booked a trap line adventure, they were doing it on their own to knock down the wolf population. So they've uh, they've got it down to a to an art form, that's for sure. And uh, I think last year they killed or harvested. Uh, 45 wolves on the trap line. So they generally get between 25 and 40 a season. Wow. So That's amazing. It's a couple packs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, you know, the area that I've done some guidance in up in BC, there's a couple of local writers and, um, I'd always pick up their books and lots of kind of local history. Um, and, it's amazing how large the wolf packs get deep in the winter when the temperatures are really dropping. Um, it puts puts a lot of a lot of dogs in in one place. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they said that their number one food source was moose. You know, and that's their number one source of income, and it's the number one food source for the local community. So. They, the community, that was interesting. I found the thing I found out was that the community up there is 100% supportive of them uh, and calls them whenever they see something road killed or sometimes just a mule deer will just end up in the back of their truck, you know, for bait. And, uh, and so they're all, 
you know, they see what they're doing to help increase the moose herd and, and everyone appreciates it. So unlike uh, a, a lot of stuff we see on social media where everyone seems to hate it, you know? Yeah. It, uh, we talk about this all the time, you know, it's, it's uh, very few people with skin in the game are commenting, you know, mm-hmm. but they're, they're the loudest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their feelings get hurt uh, too often, but it is what it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about the different patterns that you guys offer. I've got all my stuff in the cipher, uh, which I absolutely love. Uh, but how many different camo patterns does first light offer? Well, uh, we have currently, we have three patterns, mm-hmm. um, ASAP, which has been around for a long, long time. That's the first pattern that we started with, um, fusion and cipher. And Fusion and Cypher are patterns that uh, we developed over uh, a couple years um, with help from this guy named Joe Skinner. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool collaborative um, project that we had. Uh, Joe had a huge knowledge base on these natural color algorithms found in nature. And, and, and yeah, that... Fusion was the first one that we came out with, and then we launched uh, Cypher last year, and they're they're definitely like sister patterns. The science is the same. Um, the color palette and size is a little bit different, so it does break you up in uh, in different ways. And uh, we are actually at the point where we're not uh, we're not actually going to be uh, producing. Uh, more of the uh, more of the ASAP pattern because the uh, Cypher and uh, Fusion have basically changed the market on that because uh-huh. uh, I mean, we've always believed been big big believers in uh, you know all you got to do you got to break up the outline and the difference between all the camouflage patterns out there and and there's many and more being produced every day is you know you can wear whatever you want if you're going to stay on dead still for most games mm-hmm. um, and a truly functioning camouflage pattern um, allows you to get away with a little bit of movement um, and that's always kind of been the definition of what works and what doesn't for me and um, ASAP the first one I actually saw that work with um, and the uh, fusion and cipher patterns that we've produced have, have followed suit. So um been really successful and they're very uh, amalgamous. Like they will blend into anything. I mean, you can be wearing a real tree pair of pants and they kind of blend into that. It's kind of bizarre. So um, I, I, I think uh, the, uh, Broke kid college camo frame of mind is where you need to be for purchasing your camouflage. Like what is going to work in the widest variety of situations? Um, not specify what you're wearing to your specific situation. Well, I mean, that makes sense for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, you want something that's diverse. Also, a lot of this gear is very expensive. And especially if you are that broke college kid, uh, you're going to make damn sure that your camo pattern can be worn in a wide array of terrains. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, uh, man, 
we do need to work in a quick commercial break, but I understand you were just appointed to the National Board of Directors for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Let's get into that and talk some public lands after the break. Yeah, sounds great, man. Perfect. And that segment was brought to you by Horizon Firearms and the all-new 22 Creedmoor. Big things coming up with this caliber. It is not your grandfather's 22. Trust me, uh, capable of taking any any kind of game from feral hogs to mule deer. Check it out. It's the 22 Creedmoor, and you can custom order yours by going to horizonfirearms.com. Stick around. We'll be right back with more from Ryan Callahan right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Don't blink like blue bonnets in the spring. We're only here for a little while. A rock steady point. A covey rises. Over-unders ring out. Cable here for White Rock Upland Birds, an outfit Bell and I have hunted with many times. Whether you bring your bird dogs or use their polished pointers, hunting quail and pheasant on the White Rock Trophy Ranch is an experience to remember. Located 45 minutes from DFW in Italy, Texas, White Rock will waive the $150 guide fee if you mention the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Plus, save $25 off any package if you bring your own dogs. So grab your buddies and shotguns and call 972-880-9068 today. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Hey, y'all, it's Jeff Foxworthy, and thanks for listening to my buddy Cable Smith on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Here I go, packing light to head down that road. And I know this life for me will beat on my soul. But I still have my pride in nothing. Welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Little Eli Young Band for you today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I certainly appreciate each and every one of you. As we're still visiting with our good friend, First Light Hunting's Ryan Callahan, a longtime guide and outfitter, and very well respected among Western big game hunters and the uh, hunting community in general. And so we'll jump back into it with Ryan here. But first. This segment of the program is brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging. If you've got a hog problem, and I mean if those rooters are tearing up your pasture or your lease or your winter wheat field, then you need to check out the Pulsar Trail. It's what I've got on my AR. Took it out to the lease last week. Boom. Three pigs dead in a matter of minutes. Oh, and God forbid you and a buddy each had one, then you could really stack them up. But anyway, it's the Pulsar Trail. It's changed the game for me. Under the cover of darkness, coyotes and hogs don't stand a chance. And you can find it at PulsarNV.com. Tell them I sent you. Use that promo code LONESTAR, and you'll get 20% off your order and get free shipping. How about that? 
Okay, let's uh, let's do this. Let's dive back into it here with Ryan Callahan. And Ryan, I know that you've long been a advocate for protecting our public lands. Before I even knew what backcountry hunters and anglers was, uh, I knew that Ryan Callahan loved and revered our wild public places. And it's that love and respect for those places that recently landed you on the board of directors for an organization that I'm a huge fan of. Oh, yeah. I got voted into the national board for backcountry hunters and anglers. Yeah. Congrats. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. It's kind of like getting a puppy. It's fun and cool, but there's a lot of work there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a growing organization, and um, it's really, really fun to be be a part of um, because it's young. And, you know, the average age is so much lower than... Um, a lot of these other groups out there, um, and, and I, I feel like the energy is a hell of a lot higher as as, uh, as a consequence. So, looking forward to the work, and um, there's plenty of it. So, yeah, and you know, our public lands are under attack uh, every day from all angles, from people that uh, want a piece of whatever minerals could be there, or they want to log it. Or they want to, you know, politicians want to see it, uh, whether it's for the personal gain or for what they think is going to benefit their state. Uh, they want to see it sectioned off and sold to the private sector. There's so many different things. Um, and uh, and it's great to see an organization like BHA growing as fast as they are. Uh, that's something that uh, I think is encouraging, to say the least. I'm glad to hear you say that. And Yeah, I, I, I really dislike... Um you know, saying that we're under attack or this is under attack, but it's true. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the public lands battle, if you will, has been, uh, there for a long time and, and it's taken many forms o- over the years. And, um, you know, what we're seeing now is a, is a real, uh, battle for, uh, management. I don't think anybody would disagree with you if, if they said everything's perfect right now or it was perfect in the past at some point um but um you know i working with uh, all the different land managers I, I do work with i have a really really positive attitude of you know certainly the folks that i run into their their heads in the right place and and they're there for the right reason and and they want to manage the land uh properly and for the best uses and um, you know, and, and, you know, not all logging is a bad thing. Not, uh, all grazing is a bad thing. Um, but we got to, especially as, um, our uses change and how we want to use these lands change and, um, what we expect in return changes, you know, everybody's got to be willing to, uh, uh, play their part in the management role you know, and, and, uh, you know, grazing is something that kind of gets used as a tool. Um, uh, you know, our ranchers are a vital part of, uh, the natural landscape, right? They're mm-hmm. running cattle on ground, um, that Buffalo occupied for thousands of years. Um, and to remove a grazers from the landscape totally, um, doesn't make it go back to a natural position 
um, or a natural state rather. And, um, you know, those grazers come in uh, when grazing ground properly and it opens up uh, certain areas and birds like the sage grouse use those areas to uh, put on their displays and it's part of their mating ritual and super cool and and it promotes bug life and everybody eats and um, the sage grouse brush is uh, home to big mule deer and and it, it's a cool deal so it's just a responsible use thing and and fortunately um, there's not a case out there where we can't look back at a really bad example right at uh, of mismanagement um, or misuse, um, and point at and say, boy, let's not get there again. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a positive outlook. It's, it's not going to be easy. You know, I, I run into uh, plenty of folks much, much smarter than me every day on these issues. And, and, uh, the end users, um, the folks like, you know, yourself and myself, and hopefully lots of folks listen to the show that, uh, get to go out and realize the benefits of the public spaces and, you know, you can cart off a whole family of folks and go camp for free and and uh, and have a really good adventure. And um, there's just not a lot of that anymore. So hopefully folks realize the value of what we've got right now and they're, they're interested in keeping it around. And I encourage everyone to get, you know, get plugged in with BHA. I know First Light is very involved. Uh, I think if you become a, a life member of uh, BHA, you get you get to save a significant amount on on first light gear, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, that may be one of our unadvertised programs. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yes, yeah, so we've been working with BHA from from uh, the uh, the early times. You know, we uh, we walk the walk and talk the talk and and to those guys and, and it's been just a really natural fit and uh, we want to help those guys continue to grow and and make sure that that the message stays strong you know so i would love for everybody to be a member of bha but what i truly want more than that is for folks to just pay attention you know you gotta i'm on just about every mailing list you can think of from every uh legitimate and uh sometimes totally illegitimate hunting group out there because i want to know what everybody's thinking and um you know all it costs is time so sign up for these newsletters and and just start reading through when these call to actions come through and and you can figure out uh what uh what spin folks are putting on things really really quick yeah. read them and people read them do. because so many people just oh spam delete you know no it's, uh, like you said you need to read them and you got to follow the link to the actual bill that's being proposed yeah and because it's all there what's in there is there it, it really doesn't doesn't take a whole lot of time i i literally have had politicians walk away from me when i tell them that i read the bills and can actually recite what I've read in those bills because sadly most folks are being advised and they're not reading them either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Ryan, uh, last week he reiterated and I asked him, I said, you know, everyone always says, and it's so cliche to say, write your elected official, write your politician. And I, 
asked him very pointedly if that still works, and he said, "Yeah, man, that's that can't be, uh, it can't be overlooked how important that really is." Read read the newsletters, oh, write I the politicians. It is so painless. It's not this confrontational thing that I think people build it up to be. And if you want to dip your toe in and start, call you know your local uh, state senator on an issue you agree with, and just say, "Hey, really like uh, you know what you guys are doing on this, and I appreciate it because they need uh, some warm and fuzzies too." Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is what being a part of the process is, is, you know, I don't, I don't think we're dealing with a lot of bad folks. I think we're dealing with plenty of folks that aren't getting the full story or aren't getting the story from the hunter or fishermen or, um, the people that are actually out there on that land. You know, I think kind of like we talked with the wolf issue, we run into a lot of folks that they don't have the skin in the game. They're not getting out in these places but they still want to have an opinion and and it's the folks with free time and nothing better to do that are often burning down the phone lines not the people that are outside using public lands having a good time well that's because we're outside using public lands having a good time (laughs) that i mean it is it's simple truth I, i used to live literally live a good chunk of the year in a couple of different wilderness areas and guiding for uh, everything from, you know, fishing uh, through, you know, whatever big game. Man, I had no clue, no clue anybody didn't like wilderness. None whatsoever. Because, I, you know, I was staying in them all the time. Yeah. And they were the best thing in the world. <laughs> um, and and so, yeah, it, it is amazing. Like once you get, uh, you get out, you got to start actually planning your vacation days. Um how you get a little bit uh, bigger perspective on the world, you know? Well, let's do this, Ryan. I wanted to talk about the whitetail lineup, but we're we're going to run out of time. So give us just a, a really brief uh, sneak peek just, or just an overview of, of what's coming down. I know First Light's really excited about this, as am I, and I think a lot of our audience will be, especially uh, in this part of the world, because it's going to be right up their alley. Oh, so whitetail is something <laughs> that we've, been relatively quiet about you know like you said we don't have a lot of bandwidth to tell all of our stories super well um but uh you know really look at hop online check out our reviews at firstlight.com um or any of these archery forums um and ask about first light whitetail gear um super warm extremely quiet um you know it's built around function and use uh, the reviews are, are, are very high, so you don't have to take my word for it. We are working on that line really hard, and we have some new uh, items coming out in 19 that I think are going to be probably a little more versatile um, than uh, what we mentioned before, which is like the Sanctuary Jacket and Sanctuary Bib, um, our new soft shell line that we're calling the Catalyst, mm-hmm. I think is going to be more suited for a larger part of the uh, whitetail hunting community as far as um you know it's, it's more trim you're going to get a wider range of temperatures it's not going to be focused so far towards the cold weather side of things right on well i'm certainly looking forward to uh to sitting in the tree stand in it this coming season that's for sure 
And I do want to remind everybody that uh, First Light is, is direct to consumer now. So um, the website is the best place to do your shopping. Uh, and then uh, give us the First Light social um, social media stuff. And if you want to plug your own personal as well, so folks can follow along in your adventures. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, First Light uh, hunting on Facebook, First Light Wool on Instagram and um same on twitter and uh if you want to uh follow in on the gear testing uh shenanigans that i gotta get into it's uh old cal 406 on the instagram right on right on man well i enjoy following along that is for sure and uh this will be the first of uh many discussions I'm sure of that. And it's actually First Light Hunting on Instagram, uh, just in case uh, anyone wanted to know the actual Instagram to follow along. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you said that, and I immediately got my phone. I was like, I don't think that's right. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, you're fine. Um, but hey, man, Ryan, it's it's been a treat. Uh, congrats again on, on the position with BHA, and, and I look forward to uh, to our next visit. Hey, Manuel, thank you very much, and uh, I'm glad to hear the gear worked out for you. And um, Yeah, I'm waiting to uh, get some good product feedback out of you on your uh, next adventure. Awesome. Well, we will certainly do it, and we will talk again very soon. All right, thank you very much. All right, there he goes, our good friend, Ryan Callahan of First Light Hunting. Always great visiting with him. Uh, That segment of the show, by the way, brought to you by... Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue and Sendero Seed Company. Go to SenderoSeedCompany.com or call Rob Hughes at one 610 seed today Sendero Seed Company for all your planting needs. Well, unfortunately, uh, just looking at the clock here, got to go, got to get out of here. We are flat out of time thanks to, well, usually we have guests, but uh, today was just one guest, Ryan Callahan. We certainly appreciate his contribution. Uh, to today's show and also to our public lands. Uh, and First Light makes some pretty badass gear, not going to lie. Very impressed and thrilled to be a part of what they've got going on. Uh, we will do it again, same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the guys and gals out there who are actually tuning in. The listener, I appreciate you. Here's a little Brandon Jenkins taking us on home. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Let me see you smile Cause we both know it's been too long Forget who's right or who is wrong